SB 9.24.63 SB 9.24.64 SB 9.24.63-64 Text 63-64 Text Bajav Rasnayandakaman who's your scene and is our hakeh slagania hitah zasvat kurus rajayapandabhah snig kismatexatadarar and ralakam ramayam asamurtaisar vangaramaya Word for word meanings Baja, assisted by the Baja dynasty, Vrasni, and by the Vrasnis, Antika. And by the Antikas, Madhu, and by the Madhus, Surasena, and by the Surasenas, Dasarvake, and by the Dasarvakas, Slagamaya, by the praiseworthy, Ayatah, Indivarine, Sasvat, always, Kurus Rajaya Pandabhya, assisted by the Pandavas, Kurus and Srajayas, Snigta, affectionate, Smiga, smiling, Ixita, being regarded as, Uteray, magnanimous, Vakaya, the Instructions, Vikramalulaya, the pastimes of heroism in our Lakam, human society, Ramayam Asa, pleased, Murtaya, by his personal form, Sarvangaramaya, the form that pleases everyone by all parts of the body. Translation. Assisted by the descendants of Baja, Vrasni, Antika, Madhu, Surasena, Dasarha, Kuru, Srajaya and Pandu, Lord Krishna performed various activities. By his pleasing smiles, his affectionate behavior, his instructions and his uncommon pastimes like raising the Lord Hannah Hill, the Lord, appearing in his transcendental body, pleased all of human society. PURPORT The words Nralakam Ramayam Asamurtiasar Vangaramaya are significant. Krishna is the original form. Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is therefore described here by the word Murtaya. The word Murti means form. Krishna, or God, is never impersonal, the impersonal feature is but a manifestation of his transcendental body, Yasaya Prabha Prabhavatal Jagadanda Koti left square bracket B's 5.40 right square bracket. The Lord is Nirakriti, exactly resembling the form of a human being, but his form is different from ours. Therefore the word Sarvangaramaya informs us that every part of his body is pleasing for everyone to see. Apart from his smiling face, every part of his body, his hands, his legs, his chest, is pleasing to the devotees, who cannot at any time stop seeing the beautiful form of the Lord. SB 9.24.65 Text 65 Text Yasayananamakara Kundalakara Karna Brajit Kapala Subadam Savila Sahasam Matayat Savam Matatrakardra Sidhapabantayonarayo Naras Kamuditah Kupadanayamskas Word for Word Meanings Yasaya, whose, Ananam, face, Makarakundalakarakarna, decorated by earrings resembling sharks and by beautiful ears, Bragit, brilliantly decorated, Kapila, Ford, Subadam, declaring all opulences, Savulasahasam, with smiles of enjoyment, Natayatsavam, whenever one sees him, one feels festive, Natatrapa, they could not be satisfied, Drasibhya, by seeing the form of the Lord, Pabantaya, as if drinking through the eyes, Naraya, all the women of Vrindavana, Nara, all the male devotees, cast also, Mudita, fully satisfied, Kupita, angry, Nima, the moment they are disturbed by the blinking of the eyes, cast also. Translation. Krishna's face is decorated with ornaments, such as earrings resembling sharks. His ears are beautiful, his cheeks brilliant, and his smiling attractive to everyone. Whoever sees Lord Krishna sees a festival. His face and body are fully satisfying for everyone to see, but the devotees are angry at the Creator for the disturbance caused by the momentary blinking of their eyes. PURPORT As stated by the Lord Himself in the Bhagavad Gita, 7.3 Manasayanam sahasri sukasadyanati sinhayanatam apisinhanam kasinman veditadvatah Out of many thousands among men, one may endeavor for perfection, and of those who have achieved perfection, hardly one knows me in truth. Unless one is qualified to understand Krishna, one cannot appreciate the presence of Krishna on earth. Among the Bajas, Vrasnis, Antikas, Pandavas and many other kings intimately related with Krishna, the intimate relationship between Krishna and the inhabitants of Vrindavana is especially to be noted. That relationship is described in this verse by the words the inhabitants of Vrindavana especially, such as the coward boys, the cows, the calves, the gopis and Krishna's father and mother, were never fully satisfied, although they saw Krishna's beautiful features constantly. Seeing Krishna is described here as Nitya a daily festival. 
the inhabitants of Vrindavana saw Krishna almost every moment, but when Krishna left the village for the pasturing grounds, where he tended the cows and calves, the Gopis were very much afflicted, because they saw Krishna walking on the sand and thought that Krishna's lotus feet, which they dared not place on their breasts, because they thought their breasts not soft enough, were being pierced by broken chips of stone. By even thinking of this, the Gopis were affected, and they cried at home. These Gopis, who were therefore the exalted friends of Krishna, saw Krishna constantly, but because their eyelids disturbed their vision of Krishna, the Gopis condemned the Creator, Lord Brahma. Therefore the beauty of Krishna, especially the beauty of his face, is described here. At the end of the ninth canto, in the twenty-fourth chapter, we find a hint of Krishna's beauty. Now we are proceeding to the tenth canto, which is considered Krishna's head. The entire Srimad Bhagavata Purana is the embodiment of Krishna's form, and the tenth canto is his face. This verse gives a hint of how beautiful his face is. Krishna's smiling face, with his cheeks, his lips, the ornaments in his ears, his chewing of beetle nuts, all this was minutely observed by the Gopis, who thus enjoyed transcendental bliss, so much, so that they were never fully satisfied to see Krishna's face, but instead condemned the creator of the body for making islands that obstructed their vision. The beauty of Krishna's face was therefore much more appreciated by the Gopis than by his friends the coward boys or even by Yasoda Mana, who was also interested in decorating the face of Krishna. SB 9.24.66 Text 66 Text Jato Gada Petra Rahad Vrajaman Hitartho Havaripan Suda Sabani Kritarodarahat Padayati Supirusa Kritabhah Samaj Atmanam Atmanigamam Prathay Injanisu Word for Word Meanings Jada, after taking birth as the son of Vasudeva, Gada, went away, Petrarahat, from the houses of his father, Vrajam, to Vrindavana, in Hitartha, to exalt the position, of Vrindavana, Hava, killing there, Ripan, many demons, Sudasabani, hundreds of sons, Kritayurudara, accepting many thousands of wives, the best of women, Adpadaya, begot, Tisu, in them, Purusa, the supreme person, who exactly resembles a human being, Kritabhya, by many sacrifices, Samaj. Worshipped, Atmanam, himself, because he is the person worshipped by all sacrifices, Atmanigamam, exactly according to the ritualistic ceremonies of the Vedas, Prathayan, expanding the Vedic principles, Janisu, among the people in general. Translation The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, known as Lilapurasadama, appeared as the son of Vasudeva but immediately left his father's home and went to Vrindavana to expand his loving relationship with his confidential devotees. In Vrindavana the Lord killed many demons, and afterwards he returned to Dvaraka, where according to Vedic principles he married many wives who were the best of women, begot through them hundreds of sons, and performed sacrifices for his own worship to establish the principles of Householder Life Purport As stated in Bhagavad Gita, 15.15, Vedas Kasarvaratam Eva Vedaya, by all the Vedas, it is Krishna who is to be known. Lord Sri Krishna, setting an example by his own behavior, performed many ritualistic ceremonies described in the Vedas and established the principles of Grahastha life by marrying many wives and begetting many children just to show people in general how to be happy by living according to Vedic principles. The center of Vedic sacrifice is Krishna, Vedas Kasarvaratam Eva Vedaya. To advance in human life, human society must follow the Vedic principles personally demonstrated by Lord Krishna in his householder life. The real purpose of Krishna's appearance, however, was to manifest how one can take part in loving affairs with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Reciprocations of loving affairs in ecstasy are possible only in Vrindavana. Therefore just after his appearance as the son of Vasudeva, the Lord immediately left for Vrindavana. In Vrindavana, the Lord not only took part in loving affairs with his father and mother, the Gopis and the coward boys, but also gave liberation to many demons by killing them. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, 4.8, Paratranaeus and Hunam Vanasayakaduskritam. The Lord appears in order to protect the devotees and kill the demons. This was fully exhibited by his personal behavior. In Bhagavad Gita the Lord is understood by Arjuna to be Purusam Sasvatam Divayam, the eternal, transcendental supreme person. Here also we find the words at Padayati Supirusa. 
Therefore it is to be concluded that the absolute truth is Purusa, a person. The impersonal feature is but one of the features of his personality. Ultimately, he is a person, he is not impersonal. And not only is he Purusa, a person, but he is the Lilapura Sadama, the best of all persons. SB 9.24.67 Text 67 Text Word for word meanings. Prithvaya, on the earth, Sah, he, Lord Krishna, they, indeed, Gurbaram, a great burden, Ksapain, completely finishing, Kirunam, of the personalities born in the Kuru dynasty, and Tahsimutthakalina, by creating enmity between the brothers by disagreement, Yadhi, in the battle of Hiruxatra, Bupakanva, all the demoniac kings, Drastaya, by his glance, Vidhuaya. Cleansing their sinful activities, Vijay, in victory, Jayam, victory, Advyasaya, declaring, the victory for Arjuna, Prasaya, giving instructions, Adhavaya, unto Uttava, Kath, also, Param, transcendental, Samagat, returned, Svadama, to his own place. Translation. Thereafter, Lord Shri Krishna created a misunderstanding between family members just to diminish the burden of the world. Simply by his glance, he annihilated all the demoniac kings on the battlefield of Hiruxatra and declared victory for Arjuna. Finally, he instructed Uttava about transcendental life and devotion and then returned to his abode in his original form. PURPORT Paratranas and Hunam Vanessa left square bracket BG 4.8 right square bracket. The mission of Lord Krishna was performed on the battlefield of Hiruxatra, for by the Lord's mercy Arjuna was victorious due to being a great devotee, whereas the others were killed simply by the Lord's glance, which cleansed them of all sinful activities and enabled them to attain Sarupaya. Finally, Lord Krishna instructed Uttava about the transcendental life of devotional service, and then, in due course of time, he returned to his abode. The Lord's instructions in the form of Bhagavad Gita are full of Jnana and Virajaya. Knowledge and Renunciation In the human form of life, one must learn these two things, how to become detached from the material world and how to acquire full knowledge in spiritual life. This is the Lord's mission, Paratranas and Hunam Vanessa After executing his complete mission, the Lord returned to his home, Galoka Vrindavana. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the ninth canto, 24th chapter, of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. End of the ninth canto. Canto 10, the Summum Bonum. Tenth canto the Summum Bonum. SB 10 Summary. Summary of the tenth canto. A short description of each chapter of this tenth canto is, as follows. The first chapter, which has 69 verses describes Maharaja Pariksit's eagerness to learn about the incarnation of Lord Krishna, and it also tells how Kamsa killed the six sons of Devaki because of his fear of being killed by her eighth child. The second chapter contains 42 verses, describing the entrance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, into the womb of Devaki to fulfill his mission of killing Kamsa. When Lord Krishna was within Devaki's womb, all the demigods, headed by Brahma, offered prayers to the Lord. The third chapter contains 53 verses. This chapter describes the appearance of Lord Krishna, as he is. The Lord's father and mother, understanding the Lord's appearance, offered prayers. Fearing Kamsa, the Lord's father brought the child from Mathura to Gokula Vrindavana. The fourth chapter contains 46 verses, which tell of a prophecy by the goddess Kandika. After consulting demoniac friends, Kamsa began killing all the children born at that time, since he thought this would be to his benefit. The fifth chapter contains 32 verses, describing how Nanda Maharaja performed the birth ceremony of Krishna and then went to Mathura, where he met Vasudeva. The sixth chapter contains 44 verses. In this chapter, Nanda Maharaja, following the advice of his friend Vasudeva, returns to Gokula and on the way sees the dead body of the Putana Demonis and is astonished at her having been killed by Krishna. The seventh chapter, which contains 37 verses describes Maharaja Pariksit's enthusiasm to hear about the boyhood pastimes of Lord Krishna, who killed Sakateshara and Tranavarteshara and showed within his mouth the entire cosmic manifestation. 
In the 8th chapter there are 52 verses, which describe Gargamuni's performing the name-giving ceremony of Krishna and Balarama and how Krishna and Balarama performed playful childish activities, crawling on the ground, trying to walk with their small legs, and stealing butter and breaking the pots. This chapter also describes the vision of the universal form. The ninth chapter, which has 23 verses, describes how Krishna disturbed his mother while she was churning butter. Because she left Krishna to see to the stove, where the milk was boiling, and did not allow him to suck her breast, Krishna was very angry and broke a pot of yogurt. To chastise her naughty child, Mother Yasoda wanted to bind him with rope, but every time she tried she failed because of a shortage of rope, when the time came to knot it. In the tenth chapter there are 43 verses. This chapter describes how Krishna, as the Madara, caused the twin Yamalarjuna trees to fall and how the two demigods within the trees were delivered by the mercy of Krishna. In the eleventh chapter there are 59 verses. This chapter describes how Nanda Maharaja released Krishna from the ropes, how Krishna showed his mercy to a fruit seller, while exchanging grains for fruit, and how Nanda Maharaja and others decided to leave Gokula for Vrindavana, where Krishna killed Vatsashura and Bakeshura. Chapter 12 contains 44 verses, describing Krishna's pastimes with the coward boys in the forest and the killing of the demon named Agashura. Chapter 13 contains 64 verses, describing how Brahma stole Krishna's calves and his friends, the coward boys. Krishna expanded his pastimes for one year, representing himself, as the calves and boys in forms exactly like their own. In this way he bewildered Brahma, who at last surrendered, when his illusion was over. The 14th chapter. Contains 61 verses. In this chapter, Brahma offers prayers to Krishna after fully understanding him to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The 15th chapter contains 52 verses. This chapter describes how Krishna entered Talavana forest with Balarama, how Balarama killed Dhanavakeshara, and how Krishna protected the coward boys and cows from the poisonous effects of Kaliya. The 16th chapter contains 67 verses. This chapter describes the chastisement of Kaliya by Krishna, and it also describes the prayers offered by Kaliya's wives. In the 17th chapter there are 25 verses. This chapter describes why Kaliya entered the river Yamuna after leaving his home, Nagalaya, one of the Dvipas, which according to some corresponds to the Fiji Islands. This chapter also describes how Garuda was cursed by Sadharirsi, how the coward boys, Krishna's friends, were enlivened when Krishna emerged from the Yamuna, and how Krishna stopped the forest fire and saved the sleeping inhabitants of Vraja. The 18th chapter contains 32 verses, giving a description of Krishna and Balarama, their picnics within the forest, the climate of Vrindavana in the summer and the spring, and Lord Balarama's killing of Pralambashara. Chapter 19 contains 16 verses, describing Krishna's entering the forest known as Manjuraniya, saving the coward boys and cows from the forest fire, and bringing them to Bandiravana. Chapter 20. Contains 49 verses. This chapter describes the enjoyment of Balarama and Krishna in the forest with the coward boys during the rainy season, and it gives various instructions through analogies concerning the rainy season and autumn. Chapter 21 contains 20 verses, describing how Krishna entered the forest of Vrindavana in the autumn, playing his flute, and how he attracted the Gakis, who were singing his glories. The 22nd chapter contains 38 verses, describing how the Gakis prayed to the goddess Katayani to obtain Krishna as their husband and how Krishna later stole the garments of the Gakis, while the Gakis were bathing in the Yamuna. The 23rd chapter contains 52 verses, describing how the coward boys, being very hungry, followed Krishna's directions by begging some food for him and themselves from Brahmanas engaged in performing yajnas. The Brahmanas refused to give food to Krishna and Balarama, although the boys begged for it, but the wives of the Brahmanas agreed, and therefore Krishna bestowed his mercy upon them. The 24th chapter contains 38 verses, describing how Krishna defied King Indra, despite Indra's position of prestige, by stopping the Indra Yajna and instead worshipping Bhavardhana. The 25th chapter contains 33 verses. As described in this chapter, because the Indra Yajna was stopped, King Indra was very angry, and to kill the inhabitants of Vrindavana, Vraja, he flooded the entire area with rain. 
Krishna, however, accepted King Indra's challenge by lifting the Vardhana Hill as an umbrella to protect Vrindavana and all the cows. The 26th chapter contains 25 verses, describing how Nanda Maharaja, seeing the extraordinary activities of Krishna, was struck with wonder, and how he thus narrated for all the coward men the whole story of Krishna's opulence, as foretold by Yorganuni. Chapter 27, which contains 28 verses, describes how King Indra, upon seeing Krishna's unlimited power, worshipped Lord Krishna, who was fully washed with milk supplied by the Surabhi and who thus became known as Govinda. The 28th chapter contains 17 verses. In this chapter Krishna saves his father, Nanda Maharaja, from the custody of Viruna and shows the coward men how Vakanthaloka is situated. The 29th chapter contains 48 verses, describing how Krishna talked to the Gokis before performing the Razalila and how, after the beginning of the Razalila, Krishna disappeared from the scene. Chapter 30 contains 44 verses, describing how the Gokis, being separated from Krishna, went mad and began to wander in the forest in search of him. The Gokis met Srimati Renharani, the daughter of King Vrasabhanu, and they all wandered on the bank of the Yamuna searching for Krishna. Chapter 31 contains 19 verses, describing how the bereaved God is waited in great anxiety to meet Krishna. Chapter 32 contains 22 verses. In this chapter, Krishna appears among the Gokis, who are fully satisfied in ecstatic love for him. Chapter 33 contains 39 verses. In this chapter Krishna appears in Voltaforms in the midst of the Gokis, with whom he dances in the Raza dance. Then they all bathe in the river Yamuna. Also in this chapter, Sukadeva mitigates the doubts of Pirixit concerning the performance of the Razalila. Chapter 34 contains 32 verses. This chapter describes how Nanda Maharaja, Krishna's father, was swallowed by a big python, who had been a demigod named Vidyatara but was cursed by Angurirsi. Krishna rescued his father and saved this demigod simultaneously. Chapter 35 contains 26 verses. This chapter describes how Krishna went to the pasturing grounds with the cows, and how the God is sang in separation from him. Chapter 36 contains 40 verses. This chapter describes Krishna's killing of Aristeshara. It also describes Narada's disclosure to Kamsa that both Rama and Krishna were sons of Vasudeva. Because of this disclosure, Kamsa arranged to kill both Rama and Krishna. He sent his assistant Kisi to Vrindavana, and later he sent Akrara to bring Rama and Krishna to Mathura. Chapter 37 contains 33 verses. In this chapter Krishna kills the Kisi demon, Narada worships Krishna by narrating his future activities, and Krishna kills the demon named Vyamashura. Chapter 38 contains 43 verses. This chapter describes how Akrara went to Vrindavana, and how he was received by Ramakrishna and Nanda Maharaja. Chapter 39 contains 57 verses. This chapter describes how Rama and Krishna, having been invited by Kamsa started for Mathura. While they were ready on the chariot, the Gokis began to cry, and Krishna sent his messenger to pacify them. Thus he was able to travel toward Mathura. On the way, Akrara was shown the entire Visnaloka within the water of the Yamuna. Chapter 40 contains 30 verses, in which the prayers of Akrara are described. Chapter 41, which contains 52 verses, describes the entrance of Rama and Krishna into the city of Mathura, where the ladies were very jubilant to see these two brothers. Krishna killed a washerman, glorified Sudama and gave Sudama his benediction. Chapter 42, which contains 38 verses, describes how Krishna delivered Kabja, and how he broke Kamsa's gigantic bow and killed its caretakers. Thus Kamsa and Krishna met. Chapter 43 contains 40 verses. Outside the sporting arena of Kamsa, Krishna killed an elephant named Kuvalayapita. Then he entered the arena and spoke with Kanyura. Chapter 44, which contains 51 verses, describes how Krishna and Balarama killed the wrestlers named Kanyura and Mustika and thereafter killed Kamsa and his eight brothers. Krishna, however, pacified Kamsa's wives and his own father and mother, Vasudeva and Devaki. Chapter 45 contains 50 verses. This chapter describes how Krishna pacified his father and mother and celebrated the enthronement of his grandfather Agrasena. After promising the inhabitants of Vrindavana that he would return very soon, Krishna underwent ritualistic ceremonies as a Ksatriya. He took the vow of Brahmacharya and lived in the Gorakula, where he studied regularly. 
by killing the demon named Pamkajana, he received a shell named Pamkajaniya. Krishna rescued the son of his guru from the custody of Yamaraja and returned him. After thus authoring Guru Daksina to repay his teacher, Lord Krishna returned to Mathurapuri. Chapter 46. Contains 49 verses. As described in this chapter, Krishna sent Uddhava to Vrindavana to pacify his father and mother, Nanda Maharaja and Yasoda. Chapter 47 contains 69 verses, describing how Uddhava, following Krishna's order, went to pacify the Gopis and then returned to Mathura. Thus Uddhava appreciated the ecstatic love felt for Krishna by the inhabitants of Vrindavana. Chapter 48 contains 36 verses. This chapter describes how Krishna fulfilled the desire of Kabja by going to her house and enjoying her. Krishna then went to the home of Akrara. Satisfied by Akrara's prayers, Krishna praised him very much and sent him to Hastinapura to gather information about the Pandavas. Chapter 49 contains 31 verses. As described in this chapter, Akrara, following Krishna's orders, went to Hastinapura, where he met Vidura and Kunti and heard from them about Dhritarashtra's mistreatment of the Pandavas. Informed of the Pandavas' faith in Krishna, Akrara advised Dhritarashtra, and after understanding Dhritarashtra's mind, he returned to Mathura, where he described everything about the situation in Hastinapura. Chapter 50 contains 57 verses. In this chapter, Jarasandha, having heard that his son-in-law Kamsa was killed, attacked Mathura to kill Rama and Krishna but was defeated 17 times. When Jarasandha was about to attack for the 18th time, Kalayavana, having been advised by Narada, also attacked Mathura. Thus the Yadava dynasty entered a fort in the midst of the water and lived there by mystic power. After giving full protection to the Yadava dynasty and conferring with Lord Daladeva, Lord Krishna emerged from Dvaraka. Chapter 51, which contains 63 verses, describes how Mukiwakunda killed Kalayavana simply by glancing upon him. Chapter 52 contains 44 verses. In this chapter, Mukiwakunda offers prayers to Krishna, and then Krishna kills all the soldiers of Kalayavana and returns to Dvaraka with their booty. When Jarasandha attacked Mathura again, Rama and Krishna, as if afraid of him, fled to the top of a mountain, to which Jarasandha then set fire. Unseen by Jarasandha, Krishna and Balarama jumped from the mountain and entered Tvaraka, which was surrounded by the sea. Jarasandha, thinking that Krishna and Balarama had been killed returned with his soldiers to his own country, and Krishna continued to live in Tvaraka. Rukmini, the daughter of Vidarbha, was very much attracted to Krishna, and she sent Krishna a letter through a Brahmana. Chapter 53 contains 57 verses. Following Rukmini's request, Krishna went to the city of Vidarbha and kidnapped her in the presence of such enemies as Jarasandha. Chapter 54 contains 60 verses. As described in this chapter, Krishna defeated all the opposing princes and disfigured Rukmini's brother Rukmi. Then Krishna returned with Rukmini to Dvaraka, where they were united in a regular marriage. Rukmi, however, remained in a place known as Bajakita, being angry at his brother-in-law, Krishna. Chapter 55, containing 40 verses, describes the birth of Pradyamna, how Pradyamna was kidnapped by Sambhurashara, and how Pradyamna later killed Sambhurashara and returned to Dvaraka with his wife, Radhadevi. Chapter 56 contains 45 verses. As described in this chapter, King Satrajit, by the mercy of the sun god, received a jewel called Siamantika. Later, when this jewel was stolen, Satrajit necessarily became doubtful of Krishna, but Krishna, to vindicate his position, retrieved the jewel, along with the daughter of Jambavan. Krishna later married Satrajit's daughter and received a full dowry. As described in chapter 57, which contains 42 verses, both Balarama and Krishna went to Hastinapura, having heard about the fire in the Shalak house of the Pandavas. After Satrajit was killed by Satanhanva at the instigation of Akrara and Kritavarma, Balarama and Krishna returned to Dvaraka. Satanhanva left the Siamantika jewel with Akrara and fled to the forest. Thus, although Krishna killed Satanhanva, he was unable to retrieve the jewel. Finally the jewel was discovered and awarded to Akrara. Chapter 58 contains 58 verses. After the Pandavas finished living incognito in the forest, Krishna went to Indraprastha to see them. He then married five wives, headed by Kalindi. After Krishna and Arjuna set fire to the Kandava forest, Arjuna received the Gandiva bow. 
The demon Mayadanava constructed an assembly house for the Pandavas, and Brayadhana was very much aggrieved. Chapter 59 contains 45 verses. In this chapter, Krishna, at the request of Indra, kills the demon Nirakeshara, the son of the earth personified, along with the demon's associates, headed by Mura. The earth personified offers prayers to Krishna and returns to him all the paraphernalia that Nirakeshara has stolen. Krishna then bestows fearlessness upon the son of Nirakeshara and marries the 16,000 princesses whom the demon kidnapped. Also in this chapter, Krishna takes away the Pirigita plant from the heavenly planets, and the foolishness of Indra and others is described. Chapter 60 contains 59 verses. In this chapter, Krishna makes Rukmini angry with his joking words. Krishna pacifies Rukmini, and there is a lover's quarrel between them. Chapter 61 contains 40 verses. This chapter contains a description of the sons and grandsons of Krishna. At the time of Anuradha's marriage, Balarama kills Rukmi and breaks the teeth of the king of Kalinga. Chapter 62 contains 33 verses. This chapter begins the discourse concerning the abduction of Yusa, the daughter of Banashara, and the amorous pastimes between Yusa and Anuradha. It also describes a fight between Anuradha and Banashara, and how Banashara seized Anuradha with a snake noose. Chapter 63, which contains 53 verses, describes how the strength of Lord Shiva was defeated in a battle between Banashara and the Yadavas. The Rajvara, having been defeated by the Vaisnavajvara, offered prayers to Krishna. Krishna severed all but four of Bana's 1,000 arms and thus showed him mercy. Krishna then returned to Dvaraka with Yusa and Anuradha. Chapter 64 contains 44 verses. In this chapter, Krishna liberates King Raga, the son of Iksvaku, from a curse and instructs all kings by explaining the fault in misappropriating the property of a Brahmana. In connection with the deliverance of King Raga, there are instructions for the Yadavas, who were puffed up with pride due to wealth, opulence, enjoyment and so on. Chapter 65 contains 34 verses. As described in this chapter, Lord Daladeva, desiring to see his friends and relatives, went to Gokula. In the months of Ketra and Vaisakha, in the groves by the Yamuna, Lord Balarama performed the Rasarasatsava and Yamuna Karsanalilis in the association of his Gopis. As described in Chapter 66, which contains 43 verses, Krishna went to Kasi and then killed Pandraka, as well as his friend the king of Kasi, Sudaksina and others. Chapter 67, which contains 28 verses, describes how Lord Daladeva, while enjoying with many young girls on Ravenaka Mountain, vanquished the extremely mischievous Aptavivida, who was the brother of Manda and a friend of Narakeshara's. Chapter 68 has 54 verses. As described in this chapter, when Samba, the son of Janbhavati, kidnapped Laxmana, the daughter of Brayadhana, he was captured in a fight with the Korvas. In order to free him and establish peace, Lord Daladeva went to Hastinapura as a well-wisher. The Korvas, however, were uncooperative, and upon seeing their arrogance, Lord Daladeva began pulling their city of Hastinapura with his plow. The Korvas, headed by Dryadhana, offered prayers to Lord Daladeva, who then returned to Dvaraka with Samba and Laxmana. Chapter 69 contains 45 verses. As described in this chapter, Krishna exhibited his householder life with his 16,000 wives. Even the great sage Narada was astonished at how Krishna, having expanded himself into 16,000 forms, was conducting his householder life. Thus Narada offered prayers to Lord Krishna, and Krishna was very much pleased with him. Chapter 70, which contains 47 verses, describes how Krishna exhibited his daily ritualistic ceremonies, and how he released the kings arrested by Jarasandha. While Lord Krishna was receiving a messenger sent by these kings, Narada came to see Krishna and told him news of the Pandavas. Narada informed Krishna that the Pandavas desired to perform a Rajasuya sacrifice, and Krishna agreed to attend it, but he first asked for Uddhava's decision about whether to give preference to killing King Jarasandha or performing the Rajasuya Yajna. Chapter 71 contains 45 verses, describing the happiness of the Pandavas, when Krishna went to Indraprastha. By the inconceivable desire of Krishna, Jarasandha would be killed, and the Rajasuya Yajna would be performed by Maharaja Yudhisthira. Chapter 72 contains 46 verses. By agreeing to perform the Rajasuya Yajna, Krishna gave Maharaja Yudhisthira great pleasure. 
This chapter also describes the killing of Jerisanta, the enthroning of his son, and the release of the kings whom Jerisanta had arrested. Chapter 73 contains 35 verses. After Lord Krishna released the kings and restored their royal power, he was worshipped by Sahadeva, the son of Jerisanta, and then he returned to Indraprastha with Dima and Arjuna. Chapter 74 contains 54 verses. Maharaja Yudhisthira offered prayers to Krishna and offered him the first worship in the Rajasuya Yajna. To honor the Lord in this way is the foremost duty of every man, but this was intolerable to Sisupala, the king of Sadi. Sisupala began to blaspheme Krishna, who thus severed the king's head from his body and awarded him the salvation called Sarupayamukti. After the conclusion of the Rajasuya sacrifice, Krishna returned to Dvaraka with his queens. Chapter 75 contains 40 verses. As described in this chapter, Maharaja Yudhisthira, after the Rajasuya Yajna, performed the final ritualistic bathing ceremonies. Dryadhana was bewildered in the palace constructed by Vayadhanava, and thus he felt insulted. Chapter 76 contains 33 verses, describing how Selva, one of the kings Krishna defeated, when he kidnapped Rukmini, decided to rid the entire world of the Yadavas. To defeat the Yadavas, Selva worshipped Lord Shiva, who rewarded him with an aerial car named Sadha. When Selva fought with the Vrasnas, Pradyamna smashed the car designed by Vyadanava, but he was attacked by Selva's brother, whose name was Dharman. Beaten unconscious by Dharman's club, Pradyamna was carried some distance away from the warfield by his charioteer, but later he lamented having been removed from the battlefield. Chapter 77 contains 37 verses. In this chapter, Pradyamna recovers from his injuries and begins fighting with Selva. When Krishna returned to Dvaraka from Indraprastha, he immediately went to the battlefield where Selva and Pradyamna were fighting. There he killed Selva, although Selva was powerfully equipped with illusory weapons. Chapter 78 contains 40 verses. As described in this chapter, a friend of Selva's named Damtavakra and Damtavakra's brother Viduratha were killed by Sri Krishna. Instead of taking part in the fighting between the Kauravas and the Pandavas, Baladeva, who had been staying at Tverakapuri went touring holy places. Because of the misbehavior of Ramahursana, Baladeva killed him at Namasaraniya and appointed his son Agrasrava, Sudagasvami, the speaker of Srimad Bhagavatam, to continue the discourses on the Puranas. Chapter 79 contains 34 verses. This chapter describes how the Brahmanas of Namasaraniya advised Baladeva to atone for the death of Ramahursana. After killing a demon named Dalvala, Baladeva traveled and bathed in holy places, until he at last came to the battlefield of Thiruksatra, where Bhima and Brayadhana were fighting. Then he returned to Dvaraka and went again to Namasaraniya, where he instructed Versus. Then he left with his wife Ravati. Chapter 80, which contains 45 verses describes how Sudamavipra, a friend of Krishna's, approached Krishna for money and was worshipped by Krishna, who reminisced with him about their boyhood at the Gorakula. Chapter 81 contains 41 verses. This chapter describes the friendly talks between Krishna and his friend Sudama. Krishna very gladly accepted a gift of flat rice from Sudamavipra. When Sudamavipra returned home, he saw that everything there was wonderfully opulent, and he praised the friendship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. With the gifts of the Lord, he enjoyed material opulence, and later he was promoted back home, back to Godhead. Chapter 82 contains 48 verses. This chapter describes how the Yadavas went to Kiruksatra because of a solar eclipse and how other kings spoke to them of Krishna. At this meeting, Krishna satisfied Nanda Maharaja and the residents of Vrindavana, who had also come there. Chapter 83 contains 43 verses, describing how the women assembled at Kiruksatra engaged in topics of Sri Krishna, and how Draupadi asked all Krishna's queens about how they had married him. Chapter 84 contains 71 verses. As described in this chapter, when great sages went to see Krishna at Kiruksatra, Krishna took this opportunity to praise them. Because Vasudeva desired to perform a great sacrifice on this occasion, the sages advised him regarding worship of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. After the Yajna was performed, all who were present dispersed to their respective abodes. Chapter 85 contains 59 verses. At the request of his father and mother, Krishna, by his mercy, returned their dead sons, all of whom were liberated. 
Chapter 86 contains 59 verses. This chapter describes how Arjuna kidnapped Subhadra with a great fight. It also describes how Krishna went to Mithila to favor his devotee Bahilasva and stay at the house of Srutadeva and advise them about spiritual advancement. Chapter 87 contains 50 verses, describing the prayers offered to Narayana by the Vedas. Chapter 88 contains 40 verses. This chapter describes how Vaisnavas become transcendental by worshipping Lord Vishnu and then return home, back to Godhead. By worship of demigods, one may get material power, but this chapter describes how an ordinary living being in the material world can be favored by Lord Shri Krishna, and it establishes Lord Vishnu's supremacy above Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva. Chapter 89 contains 65 verses, disclosing who is the best among the material deities. Although Vishnu is among the three deities Brahma, Vishnu and Mahasvara he is transcendental and supreme. In this chapter we also find a description of how Krishna and Arjuna went to Mahakalapura to deliver the son of Advaraka Brahmana, and how Arjuna was astonished. Chapter 90 contains 50 verses. This chapter summarizes Krishna's lilas and presents the logic of Madhurana Samatayat, establishing that everything ends well in transcendental bliss. SB 10.1, The Advent of Lord Krishna, Introduction. 1. The Advent of Lord Krishna, Introduction. SB 10.1 Summary The summary of the first chapter is, as follows. This chapter describes how Kamsa, frightened by hearing an omen about his being killed by the eighth son of Devaki, killed Devaki's sons one after another. When Sukadeva Gosvami finished describing the dynasty of Yadu, as well as the dynasties of the moon god and sun god, Maharaja Pirikshit requested him to describe Lord Krishna, who appeared with Daladeva in the Yadu dynasty, and how Krishna performed his activities within this world. Krishna is transcendental, the king said, and therefore to understand his activities is the occupation of liberated persons. Hearing of Krishna Lila is the boat by which to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Except for an animal killer or one who is following a policy of suicide, every intelligent person must strive to understand Krishna and his activities. Krishna was the only worshipable deity for the Pandavas. When Maharaja Pirikshit was in the womb of his mother, Adara, Krishna saved him from the attack of the Brahmastra. Now Maharaja Pirikshit asked Sukadeva Gosvami how his lordship Daladeva, the son of Raghini, could have appeared in the womb of Devaki. Why did Krishna transfer himself from Mathura to Vrindavana, King Pirikshit asked, and how did he live there with his family members? What did Krishna do in Mathura and Vrindavana, and why did he kill his maternal uncle Kamsa? For, how many years did Krishna reside in Dvaraka, and how many queens did he have? Maharaja Pirikshit asked Sukadeva Gosvami all these questions. He also requested Sukadeva Gosvami to describe other activities of Krishna about which he could not inquire. When Sukadeva Gosvami began to speak about Krishna consciousness, Maharaja Pirikshit forgot the fatigue brought about by his fasting. Enthusiastic to describe Krishna, Sukadeva Gosvami said, like the waters of the Gangs, descriptions of the activities of Krishna can purify the entire universe. The speaker, the inquirer and the audience all become purified. Once, when the entire world was overburdened by the increasing military power of demons in the form of kings, Mother Earth assumed the shape of a cow and approached Lord Brahma for relief. Sympathetic to Mother Earth's lamentation, Brahma, accompanied by Lord Shiva and other demigods, took the cow-shaped Mother Earth to the shore of the Milk Ocean, where he offered prayers to please Lord Vishnu, who lay there on an island in transcendental ecstasy. Brahma thereafter understood the advice of Madhav Vishnu, who informed him that he would appear on the surface of the earth to mitigate the burden created by the demons. The demigods, along with their wives, should appear there, as associates of Lord Krishna in the family of Yadu to increase the sons and grandsons in that dynasty. By the will of Lord Krishna, Anantadeva would appear first, as Valerama, and Krishna's potency, Yagamaya, would also appear. Brahma informed Mother Earth about all this, and then he returned to his own abode. After marrying Devaki, Vasudeva was returning home with her on a chariot driven by Kamsa, her brother, when an ominous voice addressed Kamsa, warning him that Devaki's eighth son would kill him. Upon hearing this omen, Kamsa was immediately ready to kill Devaki, but Vasudeva diplomatically began to instruct him. Vasudeva stressed that it would not be good for Kamsa to kill his younger sister, especially at the time of her marriage. 
Anyone who possesses a material body must die, Vasudeva advised him. Every living entity lives in a body for some time and then transmigrates to another body, but one is unfortunately misled into accepting the body as the soul. If a person under this mistaken conception wants to kill another body, he is condemned as hellish. Because Kamsa was not satisfied by Vasudeva's instructions, Vasudeva devised a plan. He offered to bring Kamsa all of Devaki's children, so that Kamsa could kill them. Why then should Kamsa kill Devaki now? Kamsa was satisfied by this proposal. In due course of time, when Devaki gave birth to a child, Vasudeva brought the newborn baby to Kamsa, who, upon seeing Vasudeva's magnanimity, was struck with wonder. When Vasudeva gave Kamsa the child, Kamsa, showing some intelligence, said that, since he was to be killed by the eighth child, why should he kill the first? Although Vasudeva did not trust him, Kamsa requested Vasudeva to take the child back. Later, however, after Narada approached Kamsa and disclosed to him that the demigods were appearing in the Yadu and Vrasni dynasties and conspiring to kill him, Kamsa decided to kill all the children born in these families, and he also decided that any child born from the womb of Devaki must be killed. Thus he arrested and imprisoned both Devaki and Vasudeva and killed six of their sons, one after another. Narada had also informed Kamsa that in his previous birth Kamsa was Kalanini, a demon killed by Visnu. Consequently, Kamsa became a great enemy to all the descendants of the Yadu Vamsa, the Yadu dynasty. He even arrested and imprisoned his own father, Agrasena, for Kamsa wanted to enjoy the kingdom alone. Krishna has threefold pastimes of Rajalila, Mathuralila and Tvarakalila. As already mentioned, in the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam there are 90 chapters, which describe all these lilas. The first four chapters describe Brahma's prayers for the relief of the earth's burden, and they also describe the appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Chapters 5 through 39 recount Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavana. The 40th chapter describes how Krishna enjoyed in the water of the Yamuna, and how Akrara offered prayers. Chapters 41 through 51, 11 chapters, tell of Krishna's pastimes in Mathura, and chapters 52 through 90, 39 chapters, relate Krishna's pastimes in Dvaraka. Chapters 29 through 33 describe Krishna's dancing with the Gopis, known as the Razalila. Therefore these five chapters are known as Razapam Kedhaya. The 47th chapter of the 10th canto is a description known as the Brahmarajita. SB 10.1.1 Text 1. Text. Shri Rajavaka Kathito Vamsa Vistero Bhavatasomas Uriya Harajnam Kaghaya Vamsa Ayanam Karatam Parabhabhudam. Word for word meanings. Shri Rajayuvaka, King Pirixit said, Kathita, has already been described, Vamsa Vistara, a broad description of the dynasties, Bhavata. By your lordship, Somas Uriya, of the moon god and the sun god, Rajnam, of the kings, Kath, and Abhaya, both, Vamsayanam, of the members of the dynasties, Karatam, the character, Parama, exalted, Adbutam, and wonderful. Translation. King Pirixit said, My dear lord, you have elaborately described the dynasties of both the moon god and the sun god, with the exalted and wonderful character of their kings. Purport. At the end of the ninth canto, 24th chapter, Sukadeva Gosvami summarized the activities of Krishna. He spoke of how Krishna had personally appeared to reduce the burden on the earth, how he had manifested his pastimes as a householder, and how, soon after his birth, he had transferred himself to his Drajabhumilila. Pirixit Maharaja, being naturally a devotee of Krishna, wanted to hear more about Lord Krishna. Therefore, to encourage Sukadeva Gosvami to continue speaking about Krishna and give further details, he thanked Sukadeva Gosvami for having described the activities of Krishna in brief. Sukadeva Gosvami had said, The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Shri Krishna, known as Lilapurasadama, appeared as the son of Vasudeva but immediately left his father's home and went to Vrindavana to expand his loving relationships with his confidential devotees. In Vrindavana the Lord killed many demons, and afterward he returned to Dvaraka, where according to Vedic principles he married many wives who were the best of women, begot through them hundreds of sons, and performed sacrifices for his own worship to establish the principles of householder life. 
SB 9.24.66. The Yadu dynasty belonged to the family descending from Soma, the moon god. Although the planetary systems are so arranged that the sun comes first, before the moon, Pirixit Maharaja gave more respect to the dynasty of the moon god, the Soma Vamsa, because in the Yadava dynasty, descending from the moon, Krishna had appeared. There are two different Ksatriya families of the royal order, one descending from the king of the moon planet and the other descending from the king of the sun day. When the supreme personality of Godhead appears, he generally appears in a Ksatriya family, because he comes to establish religious principles and the life of righteousness. According to the Vedic system, the Ksatriya family is the protector of the human race. When the Supreme Personality of Godhead appeared, as Lord Ramakandra, he appeared in the Suriya Vamsa, the family descending from the Sun God, and when he appeared, as Lord Krishna, he did so in the Yadu dynasty, or Yadu Vamsa, whose descent was from the Moon God. In the ninth canto, 24th chapter, of Srimad Bhagavatam, there is a long list of the kings of the Yadu Vamsa. All the kings in both the Soma Vamsa and Suriya Vamsa were great and powerful, and Maharaja Pirixit praised them very highly, Rajnam Kogvaya Vamsayanam Karatam Paramabhudam. Nonetheless, he wanted to hear more about the Soma Vamsa, because that was the dynasty in which Krishna had appeared. The supreme abode of the personality of Godhead, Krishna, is described in Brahma Samhita as the abode of Sintamani, Sintamani Prakara Sadmasukalpa Vruxelaxavrutisus Urabhiradhiplayantam left square bracket B's 5.29 right square bracket. The Vrindavana Dhamma on this earth is a replica of that same abode. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, 8.20, in the spiritual sky there is another, eternal nature, transcendental to manifested and unmanifested matter. The manifested world can be seen in the form of many stars and planets such as the sun and moon, but beyond this is the unmanifested, which is imperceptible to those who are embodied. And beyond this unmanifested matter is the spiritual kingdom, which is described in Bhagavad Gita as supreme and eternal. That kingdom is never annihilated. Although material nature is subject to repeated creation and annihilation, that spiritual nature remains, as it is eternally. In the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, that spiritual nature, the spiritual world, is described as Vrindavana, Yaloka Vrindavana or Vrajadama. The elaborate description of the above-mentioned sloka from the ninth canto, Jatogana Ketrabrahad, SB 9.24.66, will be found here, in the tenth canto. SB 10.1.2 Text 2 Text Yadis Kadarmas Alasaya Nidaram Munisadama Tatrams and Avaternasaya Visnurvirini Samsanath. Word for word meanings. Yada, of Yadu or the Yadu dynasty, Kath, also, Dharmas Alasaya, who were strictly attached to religious principles, Nidaram, highly qualified, Munisadama, O best of all Munis, King of the Munis. Sukadeva Gosvami, Tatra, in that dynasty, Amzina, with his plenary expansion Baladeva, Avaternasaya, who appeared as an incarnation, Visna, of Lord Visnu, Virini, the glorious activities, Samsa, kindly describe, Nath, unto us. Translation. O best of Munis, you have also described the descendants of Yadu, who were very pious and strictly adherent to religious principles. Now, if you will. Kindly describe the wonderful, glorious activities of Lord Visnu, or Krishna, who appeared in that Yadu dynasty with Daladeva, his plenary expansion. PURPORT The Brahma Samhita, 5.1 explains that Krishna is the origin of the Visnu Tattva. Isvaraya Paramah Krishna Saksidananda Vigraha Anadira Girgavinda Sarvakiranakaranam. Krishna, who is known as Gavinda is the supreme controller. He has an eternal, blissful, spiritual body. He is the origin of all. He has no other origin, for he is the prime cause of all causes. Yasayakanis Vasata Kalamathavalambaya Jivanti Loma Village Jagadandanathavisnurmatan Sahaya Yasayakalavisizo Gavindam Adi Purusam Tamatam Bajami. The Brahmas, the heads of the innumerable universes, live only for the duration of one breath of Matavisnu. I worship Gavinda, the original Lord, of whom Matavisnu is but a portion of a plenary portion. B's 5.48. Gavinda, Krishna, is the original personality of Godhead. Krishna's to Bhagavan Svayam left square bracket SB 1.3.28 right square bracket. 
Even Lord Matavisnu, who by his breathing creates many millions upon millions of universes, is Lord Krishna's Kalavisisa, or plenary portion of a plenary portion. Matavisnu is a plenary expansion of Sankarsana, who is a plenary expansion of Narayana. Narayana is a plenary expansion of the Kadarvimha, and the Kadarvimha are plenary expansions of Daladeva, the first manifestation of Krishna. Therefore, when Krishna appeared with Daladeva, all the Visnu Tattvas appeared with him. Maharaja Pirikshit requested Sukadeva Gosvami to describe Krishna and his glorious activities. Another meaning may be derived from this verse, as follows, although Sukadeva Gosvami was the greatest Muni, he could describe Krishna only partially, Amzina, for no one can describe Krishna fully. It is said that an Amtadeva has thousands of heads, but although he tries to describe Krishna with thousands of tongues, his descriptions are still incomplete. SB 10.1.3 Text 3 Text Avatira Yadavams Bhagavan Buddha Bhavanah Kratavan Yani Visvetmatani Novatavistarat. Word for word meanings. Avatiraya, after descending, Yadavams, in the dynasty of Yadu, Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Buddha Bhavanah, who is the cause of the cosmic manifestation, Kratavan, executed, Yani, whatever, activities, Visvatma, the super soul of the entire universe, Tani, all of those, activities, Nath, unto us, Veda, kindly say, Vistarat, elaborately. Translation. The Super Soul, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Shri Krishna, the cause of the cosmic manifestation, appeared in the dynasty of Yadu. Please tell me elaborately about his glorious activities and character, from the beginning to the end of his life. PURPORT In this verse the words Kratavanyani indicate that all the different activities Krishna performed while present on earth are beneficial to human society. If religionists, philosophers and people in general simply hear the activities of Krishna, they will be liberated. We have described several times that there are two kinds of Krishna Katha, represented by Bhagavad-gita, spoken personally by Krishna about himself, and Srimad Bhagavatam, spoken by Sukadeva Gosvami about the glories of Krishna. Anyone who becomes even slightly interested in Krishna Katha is liberated. Kurdanad Eva Krishnasaya Mukta Sangmah Param Vrajit SB 12.3.51 Simply by chanting or repeating Krishna Katha, one is liberated from the contamination of Kali Yuga. Ketanaya Mahaprabhu therefore advised, Yerdekha, Terkasa Krishnatapadisa CC Madhya 7.128 This is the mission of Krishna consciousness, to hear about Krishna and thus be liberated from material bondage. SB 10.1.4 Text 4. Text. Nivratarsarapagiyamanad bhavasanhat kratramano biramat katatamis lokaguna nuvadat puman virajidavina pasanat. Word for word meanings. Nivrata, released from, tarsay, lust or material activities, apagiyamanat, which is described or sung, bhavasanhat, which is the right medicine for the material disease, sratra, the process of oral reception, mana, the subject matter of thought for the mind, and hiramat. From the pleasing vibrations from such glorification, Kahu, Adamasloka, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Guna Anuvadat, from describing such activities, Puman, a person, Virajida, can keep himself aloof, Vina, except, Pasugnat, either a butcher or one who is killing his own personal existence. Translation Glorification of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is performed in the Pirampara system, that is, it is conveyed from spiritual master to disciple. Such glorification is relished by those no longer interested in the false, temporary glorification of this cosmic manifestation. Descriptions of the Lord are the right medicine for the conditioned soul undergoing repeated birth and death. Therefore, who will cease hearing such glorification of the Lord, except a butcher or one who is killing his own self? PURPORT In India it is the practice among the general populace to hear about Krishna, either from Bhagavad-gita or from Srimad-Bhagavatam, in order to gain relief from the disease of repeated birth and death. Although India is now fallen, when there is a message that someone will speak about Bhagavad-gita or Srimad-Bhagavatam, thousands of people still gather to hear. This verse indicates, however, that such recitation of Bhagavad-gita and Srimad Bhagavatam must be done by persons completely freed from material desires, Nivratar say. 
everyone within this material world, beginning from Brahma down to the insignificant ant, is full of material desires for sense enjoyment, and everyone is busy in sense gratification, but when thus engaged one cannot fully understand the value of Krishna Katha, either in the form of Bhagavad Gita or in Srimad Bhagavatam. If we hear the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead from liberated persons, this hearing will certainly free us from the bondage of material activities, but hearing Srimad Bhagavatam spoken by a professional reciter cannot actually help us achieve liberation. Krishna Katha is very simple. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As he himself explains, Manah Piradaram 